welcome to the Ask BCE show. This is episode number two. I'm your host, Kurt Belding. Today, on this episode, we have Tony Bach in as our guest appearance. And we're going to talk to Tony about scaling his business. Small business? Would you classify it small business, Tony? Small business. Um, I know that a lot of, most entrepreneurs out there have small businesses and one of the problems they run into is, okay, at what point do I scale my business and how do I do that? So, Tony, give me, give me a little rundown on your business. What's the name of it? Titan Applicators. Titan Applicators. Titan Applicators. I am co-owner of Titan Applicators. We, we uh, were founded in early 2015, so we're coming up on four years, about three and a half years in business right now. Uh, we are a polyurethane foam and specialty coatings company. Um, we specialize in spray polyurethane foam insulation, spray polyurethane foam roofing, and uh, recently have been getting into polyurethane foam concrete lifting. Concrete lifting? Concrete lifting. You spray that on the concrete? To yeah, it competes with mud jacking. So you basically oh. inject the foam and as it cures, it lifts the, the uh, concrete up. So I'm super intrigued with the spray foam is got a sh I'm gonna I'm gonna cuss on this. It's, it's, it's shit ton of applications mm -hmm. that you can do with it. Yeah. Um, the and it seems like the quality of it is higher than what most uh, materials that you typically traditionally would use, right? Totally. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm super interested in it, and but I don't feel like it's known very well yet, right? Is this a new thing? It's not a new thing. It's been around since I want to say the 70s, 60s, 70s. Um, but it, it's gone through trends. It's, it's uh, made some scientific and technological advances, I'd say, within the past decade mm -hmm. um, that have brought it back and uh, uh, kind of beat some um, negative uh, aspects of it, um, such as off-gassing and whatnot um, that, that they didn't have the right equipment for you know, when it first came out. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's trending right now. Okay. And the reason being is because it, it can satisfy a lot of energy requirements and energy demands that, that traditional insulations or typical materials wouldn't be able to answer. Okay. Yeah. So there's definitely a need. You guys have done well in the business so far. How many employees do you have? Uh, we currently have five employees. Five employees. Yeah, plus the three owners. Right. And um, you, it's, you're at the point where you're thinking about scaling. Yeah. And uh, the the point that we're at we got in just as an insulation contractor we were full we still are a full service insulation contractor mm -hmm. we, we focused primarily on spray foam insulation of residential homes new new builds um, retrofits um, a lot of agricultural applications like like uh, shops and, and uh, um, you know metal pole barns and whatnot um, then we expanded into the roofing side of things um, a little more risk associated with that so so we leverage that risk by um, subbing our labor out essentially um, to some general contractors that we built relationships with um, we uh, the, the nice part about it is although it's different applications once you have the the uh, skill set on the equipment and and the foam the the process is is transferable it's not totally transferable because there's different sales gets skill sets specific to each application yeah um, so we we slowly got into roofing 
Um, we've since added that on significantly to our business. And then it takes the same equipment, similar process as far as the equipment and the applications concerned for geotech is what it's called, but it's the concrete lifting. It's just a geotechnical foam is what we use. And um, uh, we're trying to scale back on other aspects of our fiberglass business. So, you know, in, in three and a half years, we've, we've molded from full service insulation, just insulation to, we want to be very specific with what we're offering in the insulation world. And, and, and we're defining or redefining ourselves right now with what we do. But along with that comes the scalability because, you know, getting into these different industries requires capital knowledge, uh, employees, you know, different skill sets. So we're, we're constant, as owners, we're constant, constantly learning. And we are fortunate enough to have a couple solid individuals working with us um, as employees that are, are as committed as we are with our growth and they see the big picture. Um, and, and we're trying to find people like that to surround ourselves with that'll get on this mission with us. But along with it comes training them Finding the jobs, yeah, sales. I mean, you know, so it's it's it, you know, it's and it's the stuff that that we as owners were, you know, we're totally excited about. That's what we wake up for every morning. But it also helps finding what other people are doing in other industries and how they're finding successes or maybe what failures they have they've seen so that we can avoid them in our industry. And and so that's kind of where we're at. You know, we've we're redefining ourselves. We're specialized in certain areas. We want to grow into other areas. Um, and we're trying to find the capital and the resources and the manpower to, to implement that. Okay. Let me back up a little bit here. Yeah. Um, so you guys, one one step of you guys uh, scaling a little bit was subbing out the work, right? Like you guys hired on some subcontractors, right? Uh, we have not. No. Have we not. we subbed our, subbed ourselves out. Oh, you yeah. Subbed rather than okay. rather than than going out and selling, that was in the roofing aspect of things. Rather than going out and selling roofing we found general contractors that were already offering in, within the commercial roofing world mm -hmm. for flat roof, spray foam and, and coatings. And, and uh, you, know, the, you know, we just built a relationship with them for them to use our services and specialty, but, but we, you know, it wasn't our job. Right, understood. One thing I think you did really well is, um, is not locking yourself down into a product. Maybe like, this is what we do and this is only what we do. You have to open up those gates and those avenues and stay molt, like, flexible and moldable as a company say oh let's get into roofing now let's get into this let's go to that avenue right. to, to grow and expand this so i think that was really good man but uh so at this point what uh so what questions you have for me or the uh people watching on where you're at what, what are we what are you trying to solve right now uh the scalability i'd be interested to know what your experience was as you've as you've since you've started from the beginning with what you've done right away to adding on the different businesses that you have mm -hmm. and how you've utilized systems and strategies in one to help launch the other, uh -huh. or maybe what conflicts that you've seen in doing so and, 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 and how you've gone you know, successfully or maybe unsuccessfully implementing these things. One thing we know about like being a small business owner is you wear all the hats, right? You're the sales guy, you're the technician, you do the labor, bookkeeper. you're the bookkeeper, you're the marketer, you're everybody. So that's the first thing you have to do is remove yourself from some of these positions, mm -hmm. which means teaching and training. And well, first and foremost, you need the capital to do it. You can't, you can't hire someone if you don't have the money to hire the marketing person, the salesperson, the labor force, the, you know, you gotta have that. So that's the balance right now is like, 
all right, we're overwhelmed as hell because we're doing every job. We want our company to grow. We want to get bigger. We want to make more revenue. But how do we get more revenue if we're doing every job to, and then be able to remove ourselves from that position? Right. When I say remove my, yourself, I mean like uh, train someone to do your that position that you're right. doing, right? to remove yourself. And you just have to know that if you're going to do that, that person that you train to do that position is never going to be doing that position 100% the way that you would do it or do you think the quality you would do it right. you have to, if you can get that person to do it 80% of what you would do that's a win that's really good because even if you lose that 20% of what you would do now you're off doing something else that's going to grow the company even bigger and better mm -hmm. give up that 20% of perfection to be able to free yourself up to do what might be more important for you and your company Makes right yeah. so that's that's uh, the the way to scale it as far as like um, hiring on staff and freeing yourself up for time. But I, what it, I know we've talked a little bit about your company in the past and one thing I know you're in a position right now is at some point you have to take that chance, you have to take that risk. And, and it's a risk, it's a, it's a gamble where like you could stay right where you're at right now and be good and you, you can work out systems, you can dial everything really nice where your company runs really well and you could probably do that for a while, I'd say next two, maybe three years, run exactly where you're at and make a pretty decent living. But, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we don't, we, if we're not growing, we're dying, right? right. So now you're at that point, it's like, okay, you kind of have to like uh, suck it up a little bit. And if you want to scale the business, you've got to take a risk in scaling the business. So you may have to hire on the person that's going to free you up to scale, but you don't have that money to do it right in the right to get right so right. like you hire that person you know put all that control into your hands so maybe you hire on the bookkeeper maybe you hire on the the labor uh, of it of actually completing the job and you become the salesperson and the marketer to bring that money in to actually pay for that person's position right Does that makes sense yeah that makes perfect sense but the beauty about this is not like we're going up to blackhawk and throwing 50 bucks on red and hoping that we win we have zero control over that right you have you have a lot of control over the success of your business especially if it's you that's hunting and bringing home the money bringing home the meat makes sense yeah that's the risk you're, you're referring to that's the risk because if you bring in on more employees that's the only way to grow and scale your business yeah is you need other you need help you need people doing jobs that you're doing right now that that's money Right. That's, that's payroll that you don't have. You would have done it already if you had the money for the payroll, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the risk is or you bring that person on, free you up to go make that money, to bring home that money to pay for that person's position. And you know, and I'm fortunate enough to have two other business owners where we all own uh, a substantial you know, amount of the company or percentage of the company. You know, so I think that we've reached that point now where, where we wouldn't be where we're at if we didn't have the other two involved. Mm -hmm. um, but we, the, the cool thing is that the, all three of us want something more than what we currently have. Mm -hmm. And we're all on that same mission. We're all on that same page. Do we always see eye to eye? Not always. But, but now, okay, because it's becoming more than what three people, three owners can control, we're, all, you know, we're constantly waiting for the right time financially or the right time you know, seasonally 
or the right time, you know, once we have enough assets with equipment to, to make that move, mm-hmm. um, or waiting for that next check from the general contractor to come in that's 80 days past due. <laughs> here's, here's what's funny, I think, what you just said about the right time. It's like having kids. It's never the right time. <laughs> never. It's never the right time. Like, there's always something, right? right? There's always something, that excuse to say, oh, I don't want to take that risk yet. I don't want to take that gamble. Right. And you're going to talk yourself out of doing it. Totally. Totally, right? Have you experienced that? Oh, yeah. Paralysis by analysis. Yeah, there you go. You yeah, analyze the analyze the hell out of things totally until you don't do anything right yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah wake up and analyze every day i don't know so i guess the big point where i'm trying to make and obviously it's your company you do what you want to do um is it's never going to be perfect and i think you, you sent that uh, question in last week yeah on do you wait my answer to that my opinion on that is it's never going to be perfect if you're if if you, you know, limit the risk, limit liability. If you can limit liability enough or makes you somewhat comfortable, mm-hmm. take the risk, take the shot. Right. And I guess that's where I was coming from with my question where it's, you know, I understand the risk as an entrepreneur and as a business owner that we're going to have to take the jump. And I feel like we're ready to take that jump and we're, we're always going to make it work out. But based on your experience from my question was, mm-hmm. would you try to perfect the system first so that you put yourself in better position once you take the risk? Mm-hmm. Or would you just throw shit against the wall and let it stick and just figure it out as you go? There's no such thing as perfection of any system. Right. Right. So what I would do is, depends on what systems you're trying to work out, right? You're probably doing the job already yourself and you know them, document it. Document what you know so far, and the, what happens a lot of times is the person that comes on to take your place, you teach them what you know so f- of that position, and that person actually ends up doing that position better than what you could. Right. Yeah. And have that person create the system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. So document what you have right now, and well, and also think about it like this is like, if it takes you a year to feel like your systems are perfect, mm-hmm. what could be happening? What'd you miss in this whole year? It, let's say you missed fifty thousand dollars of money you could have brought into your company. That's not just missing fifty thousand dollars. That's missing fifty thousand dollars over the lifetime of that money. What that money could have done for you. Right. I would act. Yeah. I would move on. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Cool, man. Um, well, this is a an a Q and A show, so we have some questions that have come in over this week that we're going to answer. And you want to jump in on some of these questions, man? I'd yeah. Like let's it, do it. So. Um, first question, Alex. Whoa, who All we got? Right. First question is from Garrett Beefy. If you were to invest in someone that wants to flip homes, what kind of business plan would you want to see? All right, Garrett Beefy. His question is: If you want to, if I was to invest in someone to to flip homes, what kind of business plan would I want to see? Garrett, I want to see big returns on in my investment, and I want to see low liabilities. I want to see almost guaranteed money. That would make me want to do it, um, but the reality is you can't guarantee any return on investment, no matter what investment it is. Um, but as far as a business plan, and what I want to see in a business plan is, I want to see if I'm investing into your business, I'm investing into you. I want to know that you've done your homework on it. I want to see a business plan that is very detailed and laid out, that you've done all the thoughts, all the work on it. And tornado drill. I guess. These TV shows on. <laughs> Do we need an ex- uh, exit the room? 
Uh, my point is, I want to see that you've worked really hard on this business plan because I'm investing into you. And if you work hard, if you don't work hard on the business plan and you present a business plan that's half-ass, you're going to half-ass the job. Yeah. You're, I'm not giving you money if I think you're going to half-ass the work. So that's what I want to see out of a business plan, whatever business plan that is. I want to see you work your ass off and, and put a lot of thought and time and energy into that business plan. But uh, as an investor, I want to see low liabilities and high return on investments. What do you think, Tony? Sounds great. Yeah. Let's make some money. Let's make some money. investments in the property. Cool. Question number two. All right, this one's from Danielle Ashby Price. What are the benefits of amino acids? Why are they important in our daily life with lifting? Danielle, what are the, and her question is, um, what are the benefits of amino acids and why are they important? Uh, obviously, uh, one, a big company that I run is a sports nutrition company, so we do a lot of uh, products and product development. So, amino acids are super key, Danielle, into recovering and repairing your muscles. So, whether it be whatever work, me and Tony, we do a lot of CrossFit, so we break down the body quite a bit. Uh, whether, but if you're just running body, don't knock CrossFit over there, Ben. We're breaking our bodies down. I saw you come in and do some workouts with me. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure what happened, but I'm pretty sure I kicked your ass. You were, you were using the women's weight. <laughs> um, amino acids helps to repair, recover, and rebuild that muscle. So whether it be running, yoga, CrossFit, or bodybuilding, as Ben would put it, um, <laughs> you need that those nutrients to rebuild and recover the muscles. Your muscle is made of amino acids, and it needs that. So, I think that answered that question. That's okay. Do you take aminos? I don't. I probably should. It's probably here's here's my plug for you today, Tony. <laughs> Tony's leaving with some new age nutrition branch chain amino acids. <laughs> uh, next question. All right, Janet Mahoney asks, so you said you got where you are today from failure. What kept you going forward from failing all the time? Janet Mahoney, and full disclosure, that is my mother, my mom. Janet. I did. Yeah, hi mom, hope you're watching. Um, so her question was, uh, yeah, I've got to where I'm at through failure, Lots of, a lot of failure. Um, and that's how you learn to be successful is learning what not to do, right? What keeps you going through all that failure? Um, man, just to be straight with that is this is a little little bit on the uh, maybe deep side is I you know whether we like it or not, um, what people think of you do it does affect you. So a big portion of like me keep going through failures, I didn't want people other people to think that I was a failure. So um, that that was a big driver. And then also I'm super optimistic. So even though I may be going through a failure, I always believe that there's success on the other end of it. So um, I forget about those failures really quick and they don't stay with me for very long. And you don't fail if you don't give up, right? Like it could be like my entire life could be full of failures, but if I never give up and I hit some success when I'm 80 years old, well, guess what? I'm a success, not a failure, right? So. I don't know. <laughs> Tony, have you had any failures in business? I've had plenty of failures. Give me one. Oh man, we uh, we have taken on a few commercial projects in the uh, spray foam realm, um, in the insulation realm, where we were probably a little too young and eager uh, mm -hmm. as a company, and uh, lacked the manpower to uh, to you know to execute and to to perform as a as a, a full size company. 
uh, or an established large company would has the manpower to do so. And we uh, we had to hand the job off to another contractor. Um, but one of the th going back to that question, one of the things that that I would say to that is is my why. You know, I'm very passionate about what I do on a daily basis. One of our big mottos in in Titan Applicators is at the end of the day, we know that we're going to make mistakes. We want to be great at what we do, but uh, we want raving fan clients. Um, all of that is good. That's what we do on a daily basis. We're really good at what we do, and we're very passionate about what we do. But it's the vehicle to my why. And and when I wake up on a daily basis, I want I want to provide for my family. You know, I want to leave a legacy for everybody that that I come in contact with. And 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 defining that why for me. And I think. I think you and I had this conversation at the gym one time where, you know, having that why as the driving force to all of your actions is, is, you know, probably the most important thing, especially if you're taking risks as an entrepreneur. But even, even for the employees, you know, if, if, we didn't, if, if, if we didn't align our company with the two or three employees that are, are completely bought in and, and are, you know, they're, they're um, you know, they're the lifeblood of our company, um, if, if we didn't align that vision with their why, it would be a clash and they probably wouldn't be as passionate about it. And then they're just showing up and, and going through the actions and um, mm -hmm. yeah, my man, why. That's, that's big. The why, you're right, man. You hit that one on the head is the why is most important. Um, it, that's what keeps you driving because the reality is like, and again, long game, right? Like we may have some small failures now, but if our long game 10 years from now is a place and we keep that macro goal in mind, then all these little shit doesn't matter. The little shit that stresses us out in day to day, it doesn't matter because one, we're, we're keeping our why in mind and that's why we're we're doing this and then we're also doing it for the long game of that big vision that you have. Yeah. So yeah, man, I exactly. think you hit that one ahead, so. All right, cool, I think that's, that's a good one. All right, next question. All right, next one is from Matt Hessen. What do you do when you feel like you hit a wall, whether it be personally or professionally, and how do you handle it <laughs> and keep moving forward? <laughs> Matt Hessen, uh, what do you do per, uh, per, personally or professionally, right? Yes. Uh, when you hit a wall, and then what do you do to keep moving forward? I think it, man, I think we kind of answered a little bit of that in that last question is uh, your why is keeping your why in mind and keeping that macro view of that ultimate goal, what you want, because some days are good, some days are bad, man. Like in entrepreneurship, it's a roller coaster. One day be, maybe kicking you in the ass, the next day you're on a high because sales are good or whatever happened. But when you hit that wall, typically in my, my experience, when you hit that wall is because you're, you're telling yourself a story that's not typically true. Whether it be you're not good enough or you're going to fail or whatever story you have running in your head is getting in your way. So I would rewrite that story. Um, and when I think of hitting the wall, I think of like, like, super like uh, just down and out like fucking business is kicking my ass and I'm thinking about man should I quit what am I doing being an entrepreneur like no one in their fucking right mind would ever choose to be an entrepreneur you know what I mean <laughs> maybe I should clock in and clock out and I don't have to think about business after you know after I get home at night and wake up at three o'clock in the morning like so Matt I, I understand what, you're, what that question is man and I, and I um, I feel yeah, but again, I, I'm just kind of rambling, but the, the big point I'm trying to make, man, is keep that why in mind. Recognize when you're telling yourself a story that's not true, 
and keep that big goal, that big vision. Tony, got anything to add to that? Maybe no, you think? nailed it. Yeah? Yeah. The why. That roller coaster entrepreneurship, man. Oh, man. Ups and downs. Is it, you can be on a big hike because something's going right and then all of a sudden everything goes to shit. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it was Tony Robbins that said it or, or I know last week you indicated that you, you know, Gary and, and Tony and all them, um, I, I follow quite a bit of their content as well. And if I remember correctly, and I'm not probably not going to nail it, but, you know, is if the, the end goal, the ultimate goal should always remain the same and you can come up with an action plan to get there. but you're going to get punched in the mouth every day and it's always going to be changing, but it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you're still shooting for that goal. That's right. And uh, it's, it, could, it couldn't be more true if, 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 you know, if you're passionate enough about where you're going, yep. you'll, you know, you'll, you'll make mistakes and learn from them and continue on. That's right. Good. Cool. All right. Next All right. question. Is this the last question? Last question. Unless we have live questions. Ben, do we have any live questions? No. I mean, there's so many, right? No, we have so many yeah. viewers. Bunch of emojis, of, uh, thumbs up, clapping hands. Cool. <clears throat> cool. All right, last question. Marjorie Walway asks, what do small business owners do to avoid having their vendors or suppliers treat them as small potatoes whose orders are lower priority? Yeah, so Marjorie is asking, um, basically, what do you do? When you're a small business and your, vent, your vendors don't really care about you because they're not making a lot of money off your orders, right? So, Marjorie, the biggest thing, man, the biggest thing is uh, to understand that you can't control anybody else. You can only control you. So you can't control what these vendors, what these suppliers are going to do. The, the only thing you can do is show up and be the best person you can be. That's the golden rule, right? Treat everybody like the way you want to be treated. So even though this vendor may not be returning your phone calls or answering emails or they haven't got you the product in two to three weeks or invoices, which we experienced quite a bit, right, guys? <laughs> and which blows my mind. And I'm like, I'm trying to call them. I want to give you money. Like, can I buy your stuff? Here's money. Will you take my money, please? And they, it's like they don't care at all you know like how are you staying in business when you don't even like I'm literally like how can I get you money most companies are like how do I make money I'm like how can I give you money right <laughs> so <laughs> um, you can't control what they do golden rule treat uh, treat others as you want to be treated just um, I would you know be super kind to them even though there might not be to you and Find a different vendor. Hopefully you're not locked down to that vendor where you're relying upon that vendor. Um, and if you are, change that. Find a different vendor that you can get the same product or service from that will actually treat you the way that you should be treated. And at the end of the day, when you're no longer a small business and you're a larger business, remember what that feels like to be treated that way and never treat one of your customers that way. Right? Yeah. What do you think? We, uh, we, we deal with that on a daily basis. We're always we are always uh, being contacted by by new vendors uh, to you know to purchase their products, and um, one of internally one of the successes that w what we hang our hat on as as the three owners of Titan Applicators and what we've seen our success from is being ourselves. Um, in every business relationship we go to, we go out and we sell ourselves and we sell Titan Applicators. But at the end of the day, what we found is that a lot of relationships that we've built have been because of us not because of you know we use a better product than somebody else or we do it's just because of us because we've 
you know, and, and it's the unfortunate truth because in business you should assume this with anybody that you do business with, that they're going to do what they say. When they say they're going to do it, they're going to admit their mistakes and, and you know, they're just going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we've seen our success on and that's what we look for when we're choosing our vendors. I don't know how easy it is in other industries, but in our industry, there are enough of them out there where if once, once you find that person, it's, it's a small enough circle that we're even willing to pay a little bit more because of that relationship because we don't want to risk what the other relationships might bring to our company. It, it, how it will affect your company. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it, it'll yeah. cost us, even if we pay a lower cost somewhere else, it'll cost us more whether the, the shipment's late or the, the product's not you know manufactured quite as well or the, the support that they provide isn't quite as good. It'll cost us more in the long run than paying a little bit more up front. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. And we've done, we do that too in our business. Sometimes we'll, we're happy to spend a little bit more on good customer service and with a good relationship that we've built with the vendor. So. Right. Um, yeah, so um, at this point, we, have, we do have a question coming in. Yeah, um, it's from Marcy Ruth Molina. It says, do you, hey, have, Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any advice for financial loans or credit building? Credit building, financial loans, Marcy. I'm not a financial institute. Uh, I am learning a lot about financial advising right now. Um, my biggest advice is watch that interest rate. If you don't have a loan, see what, first of all, make sure you have a plan to repay the loan. Like if you're, like for example, if you're scaling your business and you want capital, right? You're like, well, I'm gonna get a loan to help pay that employee or build this portion or maybe it's offices or whatever, right? Well, if you don't have a plan to repay that loan, don't do it. Episode number two, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're figuring it out. Um, yeah, watch that interest rate. And I'm sorry, what was the other part of the question, Alex? Um, credit building. Credit building. I imagine it's meant like building your credit to get a good... To get the yeah. financing, right? Credit building is all about just paying your bills on time. Credit is important. Um, you do, especially for an upcoming small business, because at some point you are going to need some capital to scale your business, to grow your business. But if you don't have credit and you don't have the means for a loan, that doesn't mean that game's over for you guys. There's a ton of, of lend, money lending people, investors out there that would invest into you. You may, sometimes you may have to give up a little piece of the pie, a little ownership of the, of the company, or you may have to pay a little higher return or higher interest rate on that. But that doesn't mean that you can't get it done. Um, there's always a way to get money to do what you need. Tony, you have any experience? Let me ask your opinion on this. So I'm always asking, you know, successful seasoned business owners, um, you know, their, their advice on growth and funding that growth. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, the old school guys, the, the common theme has always been don't invest in a piece of machinery or an aspect of your business unless you can pay cash for it. Mm. What's your opinion on waiting for that to happen or leveraging it through through a financial loan to, Man, to fund the question right now. I know that old school thought, and it's, and it's not wrong, it is correct. Like, Reese, you all right over there? Oh, He's yeah. sweating. Um, He's just holding the boom. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's correct because you're not because that money's not costing you any more money, right? right. Like, so if you're taking a loan, you're paying that interest, and that money's costing more than what it should, mm -hmm. right? And if you can do that, great, And but, 
cash is king, man. Like, hey, I don't know. My philosophy is I like to hang on to my cash. I don't mind using other people's money. I don't mind using the bank's money because a lot of times you get that loan, you get that financing, that money can make more money and you could do it now rather than waiting a year, two years down the road when time is everything, man. Time right. is everything. You can't get back time. Right. Right. Like we were talking about earlier, it's with, maybe it takes two years to save up that money to buy that piece of machinery. Well, in that two years, how, what's your cost of opportunity there? Like how much opportunity did you miss and how much money are you missing in those two years? Multiply, let's say that's, that number's $50,000. Multiply that by the next 40 years of your life that you're going to be doing business. Time is huge and we're not getting any more of it. Right. We're only running out of time. Long story short on that, I agree, you know, you want to lower that cost of money, but time is more valuable. And nowadays you can find loans with much lower interest rate. It used to be you get a loan for 12%, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Now you can get a loan for at four or 5%, maybe 6%. And that cost of money is definitely worth the time that you save, I think, man. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, totally. Cool. Any other questions? Nope. This is a long one, huh? It's a long episode. It's good. Nope. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Ask the BCE, the blue collar entrepreneur. I got another blue collar entrepreneur, Tony Bach. Here's my guest today. And I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Keep the questions coming and we'll keep answering them. Thanks.